For the past several weeks on Sunday mornings, we've been looking at resurrection stories in the Bible, uh, seeing the impact people coming back from the dead had on their family and their friends. Today, we celebrate the most significant day in history. 2,000 years ago, in a garden outside of Jerusalem, some women were going to visit the tomb of their rabbi, rabbi crucified just a couple days before. And the women claimed that when they got there, the stone that covered the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away. And they also claimed that they were told by an angel that the tomb was empty and that Jesus had risen from the dead. And they even claimed to have met the risen Jesus in the garden. And he gave them instructions for his disciples. And since that day, the world has never been the same. The resurrection is about an awakening. Literally, it's about Jesus waking up from the dead. And the resurrection awakens a reaction from us. The resurrection demands a response. The first disciples of Jesus claimed that on the third day his tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away and Jesus was alive. And it's not just that Jesus was alive, it's that he is still alive to this day. And we have to choose whether or not to believe. Beginning with the very first encounter with the empty tomb, the women, the disciples, the guards all had to respond to the events in the garden just outside of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And just as the empty tomb demanded a response from them, it demands a response from us. Now, um, I originally had a different story that I was going to tell right here. Uh, but then last night, Shannon and I got home from dinner with friends, and I remembered that the March Madness semifinal game was on. Uh, men's college basketball semifinal game between Gonzaga, who's undefeated, and UCLA. And I turned it on, and it was in overtime. There was about a minute left to go. How many of you watched the end of the game? Okay, several of you, okay. Um, so I'm not going to tell the whole final minute, but this is basically how it ended. Uh, UCLA was down by two. UCLA player drives down the lane, misses a shot, gets his own rebound, makes the layup. It is now a tie game. 3.3 seconds left on the clock. I'm thinking, oh, okay, going to double overtime. Um, and then Gonzaga, one of their stars, uh, Jalen Suggs, dribbles the ball down the court, gets just past the half-court line, throws up a 40-foot shot with less than a second to go, and it banks in. Game over, okay? Um, my daughter, who had Gonzaga winning in her bracket, went crazy. Um, I have another friend who picked, actually picked the final four teams correctly in her bracket, um, but she had UCLA winning the whole thing, and I haven't talked to her yet. Um, and my... My bracket's been shot since the first two games of, or the first two days of the tournament, so I really didn't care. But that moment was unbelievable. And it awakened all these crazy emotions that the tournament has on its fans. Um, and I, I went crazy. And I told my wife, and I told my son, and I told my son's girlfriend, and I told my daughter, who were all watching with me. I said, 30 years from now, we will be watching replays of that shot. That shot will be talked about and shown on replays for the rest of March Madness history. Well, ever since the day of the empty tomb, 
the story of the empty tomb and the angel and the resurrected Jesus. It has been talked about for 2,000 years of history. And if you go back and you watch the game, if you watch the game or you watch the replay of that game from last night, and your reaction is, how oh, hum, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously, it was amazing. If you hear about the resurrection and your reaction is ho-hum, there's something wrong with you. The resurrection awakens in us things which we must respond to. The resurrection, it awakens fear. And I admit in talking about the resurrection, it's odd to begin with fear, but fear is one of our most common experiences. That morning at the tomb, there was plenty of fear Going back to the passage that Desi read earlier from Matthew 28, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then jumping down to verse 10, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The guards were afraid. Angels, the angel told the women to not be afraid. Jesus told the women to not be afraid. And if you think about it, fear at the empty tomb, it's not that odd. You know, imagine if you went to um, someone's grave who has recently died, and that person's grave when you got there was dug up, coffin empty, and before you know it, the person is standing next to you. What is the first emotion you feel? You're freaking out, right? Okay? There would be a lot of fear there. What's going on? What's happening? Because this is not a normal experience. There is fear. Fear of the unknown is our most common fear. How often do we encounter the unknown? Well, like every day, because we don't know what's going to happen today. Every day is a new day. And the most common command that you will find in the Bible, the command that appears the most times is, do not be afraid or some variation of it, like do not fear or fear not. The phrase do not be afraid occurs twice in the seven verses I just read. And why does do not be afraid occur so often in the Bible? Well, it's because we always have some level of fear. Fear is a all too common human experience. The story of the empty tomb reminds us that following the resurrected Jesus is a matter of courage. We are placing our faith in someone who came back from the dead. And Jesus always asks us to do things that are scary and painful, like sacrifice, deny yourself, forgive, have mercy, love those who hate you, share your faith, the list goes on and on and on. From the beginning, following the resurrected Jesus was scary and required courage, and to this day, following Jesus is a matter of courage. The resurrection, it also awakens doubt. 
I started with fear, moving on to doubt. What kind of Easter message is this? Um, when we declare Jesus rose from the dead, not everyone believes. That was true from the beginning, even among his disciples. These next two verses to me are some of the most amazing verses in all of Scripture. Matthew 28, verses 16 and 17, where it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. The eleven disciples, well, these are the twelve apostles, minus Judas. The apostles were with Jesus from the beginning. They saw Jesus walk on water, feed the 5,000, heal the blind, the deaf, the lame, the mute. Jesus told them many times that he would die and rise again. And now the risen Jesus is standing right in front of them. And it said some of them doubted. These were not the Pharisees. This was not the Sanhedrin. These were not some Romans. These weren't even just committed disciples. These were the apostles. Now, if some of the apostles doubted when they saw the risen Jesus, surely some of us here today have our doubts. Following the resurrected Jesus is a matter of faith. I can give you reasons I believe. I can give you some evidence to believe. But I cannot prove the resurrection to you. If you are going to follow the resurrected Jesus, it requires faith. He is risen. You can't say that without faith. The resurrected Jesus awakens joy. Once we address the fear... Once we take a step of faith, there's great joy. The resurrection changes everything. Going back to the passage where it says, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples, afraid yet filled with joy. Jesus, who they loved, was not dead. He's alive. Jesus has risen. It changes everything. Jesus has conquered death, which gives us joy because those of us who place our faith in Jesus, we too will be resurrected. Which means our futures are going to be better than our pasts. And it gives us joy because our loved ones who have died in Christ, we will see them again. It gives us joy because a day is coming when death and mourning and crying and pain will all be gone. They are a part of the old order. A new order is coming. Following the resurrected Jesus is a matter of hope. Our past sins, flaws, mistakes will not count against us. They do not define who we are. The resurrected Jesus defines who we are. And despite all the things in life which cause us despair, the resurrection of Jesus gives us an eternal hope. 
The resurrection awakens worship. The resurrection is the ultimate sign that Jesus is the King of Kings, that Jesus is the Lord of Lords, that his name is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. As it says in the passage, suddenly Jesus met them, and greetings, he said. And they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And jumping down to verses 16 and 17, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. There are a lot of things that as a society we worship. We worship youth, we worship health, we worship being in shape, we worship success, we worship sports, we worship celebrities, we worship money and power and fame. There are so many things that we worship, and yet there are so few things worthy of our worship. The resurrected Jesus is worthy of our worship. Following the resurrected Jesus is a matter of devotion. We worship Jesus as a gathered community here on Sunday mornings, and we worship Jesus as a sent community every day in how we live. We devote our lives to Jesus because it is our reasonable act of worship. And the resurrection awakens transformation. The resurrection is literally a transformation from death to life which is what Jesus wants to do with each one of us, turn us from old creations on the path to destruction and redeem us as new creations on the path to life. And he makes us ambassadors, agents of reconciliation. Everywhere we go in the world and everything we do, we live in such a way so that others will be persuaded to be reconciled to God because of Jesus. Going back to the passage one more time where it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now it's highly likely that the apostles were teenagers and Israel was really considered to be a remote part of the Roman Empire. And these disciples followed Jesus for three years. And Jesus taught them and modeled for them how to love God and their neighbors. And Jesus was crucified and he died and he was buried and then he rose from the dead. And he came to his young disciples and he told them, go into all the world. Go into all the world and change it. Change it with the message of the gospel, with the message of the resurrection. And they went to the great cities of the empire, Rome, Ephesus, Alexandria, telling about the empty tomb. And the world has never been the same. Jesus told these disciples, most likely teenagers, these disciples from a remote part of the empire to go in the world and change it. And they did. 
the world has never been the same. Following the resurrected Jesus changes the world. And if you believe that, then you have what is called a testimony. A testimony is simply your story. Your story of how the risen Jesus changed your life. And your story includes fear and doubt and joy and worship and transformation. Don't be afraid to share it. He is risen. That's our testimony. Please pray with me. Lord, as we again revisit the empty tomb, reminded of the fear and doubt and joy, worship and transformation we experience there, give us the courage and faith, the hope and devotion to follow our risen Lord. We are amazed that after 2,000 years, how the resurrected Jesus continues to change lives and change the world. Lord, give us wisdom and boldness to share our stories of how we have encountered you. Give us the passion to live differently because of our faith in you. And in everything we say and do, may you be glorified so others may see your work in our lives and also be amazed by your grace, love, and mercy. And Lord, in this moment, we declare Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords, and it's in the name of our risen Savior we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.